Coming up, how to spot and deal with the fake friendships at work. And then there's new research on burnout. I'll break it down and then help you avoid it and get through it. Let's go. Helping you win at work so that you can win in life. You can't win in life if you're losing at work. You just cannot. I want you making more money, and I want you experiencing more meaning so you can live the unique and significant life that you want, not what somebody else dictates or whatever you fall into. So let's get to this. A lot of stress and tension at work is related to the people you work with. I mean, it's just... It's it's a real soul sucker, folks. I get it. And you said you want more of this content from me, so here we go. Gallup Research consistently finds that people who have a best friend at work are significantly more likely to engage customers and teammates in a healthy, positive way, get more done in less time, support a safe workplace with fewer accidents and reliability issues, and then innovate and share those innovation ideas. Now, that's just a list of some data that shows, okay, when when an employee has a really good friend, now they use the word best friend, but, you know, it gets very personal for people, so it doesn't have to be your life best friend, in my opinion, but I think having a really good friend at work or two or three, there's no question the data says, It just makes it an optimal environment, which allows you to have an optimal performance. Okay, common sense. But there's a growing movement of people that are sounding off, and these are people who've been hurt. I'm just going to tell you. So I don't judge them, but I do want to classify them. This growing group of people are saying things like, I don't want to be friends With anybody I work with. I want to go in. I want to do my job. I want to be left alone. And I want to go home. Okay. There's some bitterness there. There is some protectionism going on. Because they've been burned in their personal life or at their work life in the past. And so those kind of statements are nothing more than protectionary walls coming from pain and past experience. That has created bitterness and resentment. So they make a blanket statement about all humans. But the facts are they that that type of mentality isn't good for you professionally, which let me remind you, is not good for you personally. It's not good for you financially. So you need healing. If that's if that's you, can I just say, I do want to speak to you and say, if you have been hurt deeply by a leader or by a coworker that is significant it is real and it must be dealt with you have to get through it you must take care of yourself that means getting the help to heal because if you don't heal even though you did nothing wrong, if you don't heal from previous hurts from a leader or coworker, you are holding yourself back. What they did was wrong. It was not your fault. 
but it is your responsibility to get healing. It's not your fault that you got hurt. It is your responsibility, though, to heal, become better, stronger, freer, more hopeful, more effective. You can come out of this stronger than ever. Well, relationships, friends, acquaintances, coworkers, it doesn't matter how we classify that relationship. The people we spend the most time with have the greatest effect on our lives. David McClellan from Harvard said, the people you habitually associate with determine as much as 95% of your success or failure. That is astounding. So just really quick, fun exercise. I want you to look at your entire week. And uh, remember in elementary school, we first learned about pie charts. Let's draw a circle and just do a little pie chart. I want you to think of your entire week. And I want you to start going, okay, how much time of this pie do I spend with family? How much of the pie do I spend with friends? How much do I spend with coworkers? And you're going to see the overwhelming majority of our time is spent with our coworkers. Now, how do you how do you filter that through what David McClellan from Harvard said? And he's right. This is the guy who's overseen the longest study on relationships that the world has ever seen. Studying people from birth to death. What did he say? The people you habitually associate with determine as much as 95% of your success or failure. So here's the deal. Here's what I know. There are some donkeys in your workplace and there are some eagles. You need to make friends with the eagles. What about the donkeys, Ken? They're good people too. Well, say, I'll be friends with you as long as you start changing your habits. Oh my gosh, Ken, how dare you? No, look, listen, I'm keeping it real. I'll hang out with a donkey long enough for the donkey to see what it's like to be an eagle, and then the donkey decides if they want to hang. That's what I'm saying. Just keep going. There are right friends and wrong friends in the workplace. But make no mistake, you need friends. So that means you better be picking the right friends. Does it have to be somebody on your team? Not necessarily. The idea is, do you have a person? I think it was uh, Phoebe's character in in the classic sitcom Friends, Friends who, who said, you're my person. And, 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 I, and I think that that is the right image. Who is your person? You need a person that you trust. You need a person that you enjoy being around. You need a person who has a lot of similar values. That's what you need in the workplace. You need a person who's for you, who's with you, who gets you. And you have to be that person for them. That could be two, three, four, five persons. Hey, there's no limit here. But at its base, you need at least one really good coworker friend. Now, do you have to vacation together? No. Do they need to be your god the kids, your kids' godparents? No, you don't have to go that you don't have to go that far. But the point is, is you spend a lot of time in that office, more time 
in that office or network than anything else you do during the week. So you might as well invest. You might as well decide, as a human, I am made to relate. Relationships matter. So I'm holding myself back if I'm like these people who say, I don't want any friends at work. I keep everybody at arm's length, acquaintance at best. I'm not going to engage with them as a human. That's what they're saying. Now, how do you know if these friends that are offering themselves to you are fake? We're going to look at two characteristics that will help you sniff out fake friends coming up. Don't move. This is going to save you a lot of time and stress. Hey, high school seniors and parents of high school seniors, it's almost graduation time. And if you're not sure about next steps, I want you to listen to this. Coding skills are essential in today's workforce. And my friends at Bethel Tech can help you start a new career really fast and do it cheap. It only takes nine months to complete a Bethel Tech course in UI, UX design, full stack development, data science, or cybersecurity. And your young person can get over a 1,000 hours of experience in a collaborative environment and then get placed. The average starting salary for a junior developer is $66,000. And the field is projected to grow by 22% over the next five years. Software development is a career with an enormously bright future. And right now, Bethel Tech is offering you 10% off if you watch or listen to The Ken Coleman Show and you pay cash. So go to BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman, BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman right now for details. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, folks, we're growing, and if you like the common sense, reality-based, practical path-forward content that you're getting here on the Ken Coleman Show, and you're listening uh, via podcast, would you follow us and give us a five-star review? That helps us grow, and I would be so very grateful. Who could you share it with as well? And then if you're watching on YouTube, we'd love for you to like a video and subscribe. Drop those comments in there if you're feeling froggy. I don't even mind if you disagree with me. I like it. Just don't be nasty. Also, uh, I want to speak to those of you who've been listening and watching maybe for some time or you're brand new to the program and uh, you feel like you've been passed over. You don't feel like you're getting a fair shot at getting promoted uh, or you feel stuck in general. You know where you are is not where you want to be, but you're not quite sure where to go. You're worried about the finances involved with switching, worried about maybe the pending recession. You know, uh, you got a business idea that you've always longed to do, but you're scared to death. So a little frustration, fear, doubt, you're just stuck, bored out of your mind. You need a change, but you're nervous about that. My event breakthrough is for you. We've had two great events in Kansas City and Chicago. We've got... Uh, two more coming up, Atlanta, Georgia, May 18th. Anybody in the surrounding area of Atlanta, you got a friend or family member that needs to be there, get them a ticket. Come with them. Dallas, Texas, May 23rd. Tickets available at KenColeman.com slash events. What are we doing at the event? We're going to teach you the formula for breakthrough. I'll be speaking and teaching on that formula and th- that you can use at any time in your life when you feel stuck. And it's going to teach you confidence. You're going to learn how to act confidently. 
And then I'm going to be taking your questions from the crowd. going to be a lot of fun. Very intimate and real and raw breakthrough moments by doing the Ken Coleman Show and the question and answer part live in the crowd. KenColeman.com slash events. All right. So we were talking in our previous segment about the importance of friends at work. But then when there's people involved, there's always traps. There's always manipulation. And how do we make sure we're choosing to actually dive deep in, at friendship level at the office? What are we looking for to make sure that this is the real deal? I'm going to put it in two areas for you to where you begin to develop the friends from an intentional connection versus a manipulative connection. So you are being connected with, you are interacting, you are bumping into your coworkers all the time. And so as you're going, you know what, I can work with this teammate, but I, I don't know that I want to go deeper with them. There could be a variety of reasons why, but it's always around, do I have a legit connection and I want to be intentional because I believe they're intentional, or do I feel like they're manipulating me? So how do we spot the intentional connection? How do we spot the manipulative connection where it's like they're using me. I don't think they're for me. I think they're for them. Well, there's your clue. Let's start with the manipulative. Everything's transactional. How do you describe that, Ken? What do you mean that everything's transactional? Well, it's very rarely truly personal. Now, listen, you spend more time with certain teammates than you do with others. Okay? So if you want to know if someone is the real deal and intentional about relationship, you may have to spend a little bit more time with them than you do now. Right? If you're just kind of seeing them like this and you're in an occasional meeting with them, well, you haven't had a chance to actually dive deep, so this is where you have to be intentional to see if they are intentional. Okay? So that's a caveat to this. But the manipulative person, this is the red flag. They're, they reach out to you. They're bumping into you all the time. And it feels intentional, but it only has a transactional feel to it. It's only about work and it's only about them. In other words, hey, Ken, they only come around. Hey, man, how's it going? Yeah, hey. You know, they got the stupid little, whatever you call those, handguns. Yeah, the little guns with the finger. Finger guns. Hey, man, how's it going? Hey, man, listen, I was wondering if you could do this for me, right? It's something like that. Or here's another one. The dirt diggers. So that first person's that all about me, transactional, trying to suck something good out of you for them, right? Call them the vampire. They're just locking in. I need this from you. They leave you. They're gone. Then there's the dirt digger. Hey, man, what's going on? Dude, you got a second? You are not going to believe what Bob did. It's the only time they ever come around. What are they doing? The reason I call them the dirt digger is because they're either 
dumping dirt on you in the form of that transaction I just described, the, the, the kind of the, the gossip delivery, or they're digging. Hey, have you, uh, what's going on over there? I feel like I'm uh, noticing some stuff over there. What, uh, what you got? You know what's going on with Larry? Did I tell you about Bob? What's going on with Larry? They're digging. You know those big old backhoes that have that bucket on the end of it? What do they do? They dig over here, and they dump over there. And that's what I'm talking about. So if if your interaction and your relationship is defined by someone who is the vampire, always trying to suck something out of you, they're only around when you can do something for them, or they either want to dig dirt from you or they want to dump dirt on you in the form of gossip. They're looking for something juicy because they're just a vulture. You know what I mean? By the way, have you ever noticed vultures? This is another just brief little metaphor for you. You ever seen vultures on the side of the road? Of course you have. They're always kind of skulking, sneaking, tiptoeing. I mean, they're out there in broad daylight. There's a dead deer carcass on the side of the road and you see them as your car approaches, and they're all kind of just like picking and sneaking around. You see one show up kind of slowly to it, you know, and then your car gets closer, and what do they do? They fly away. And if you look in your rearview mirror as you pass them, those stinking dirty birds will just sneak right on back up there. Now, vultures in nature are God's cleaning system. So good on those vultures. They clean up the stuff nobody else wants to get. Nobody wants to drag that deer off the side of the road. The birds do it. But in this metaphor in the office, these people, they're constantly looking to get around roadkill. All right, now let's move to the intentional connection. These are people who approach you because they enjoy talking to you. You have now made a connection around value. So when they approach you, they're talking about your kids. They're talking about their family. They're talking about the movie you guys like to watch. They're talking about a show. I got all kinds of these friends in the office. Like when we talk, it's not about work at all. We're goofing off. Hey, did you see this latest golf Instagram video? I'm, I'm bad for that. I'm always watching those silly golf videos. You know, it's just genuine in, in its values exchange. Like we value the same things. We like the same things. We're on the same team, but, but, man, we're going to check on each other. How you doing? Everything okay? It's that friend that's on the team, and you, you may not spend a ton of time together, but when something's going wrong with you or you got to do something, they go, dude, take off. Go. Don't even sweat it. It's a, it's a genuine caring for someone else. And when someone acts interested and is interested and they value you in the way they treat you and you value them, this is an intentional connection. And that's how you know I can go deeper with this person. I can trust them. So you can't trust the dirt digger. You can't trust the vampire. But you can trust somebody who is just genuinely interested in you. They care about you. They enjoy being around you and you them. And you don't have to worry about being burned by that person. They're a good person. And you need that person. You need to be able to say, hey, man, I just had the worst meeting with my leader. I feel like crap. Can we go walk around the building? I need some perspective. Oh, that literally could save your life over time.
All right, it's time to coach some people up, and Peter is up first. Oregon City, Oregon. Peter, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. What's going on? Uh, Ken, good afternoon. Thank you so very much for taking my call. Really great show so far today. Oh, Uh, thank you, sir. Thank you. I'm glad I don't have to give you uh, your money back. That's relieving. (laughs) Free is a great price. I appreciate you. You bet. What's Um, up? Well, recently I was terminated from a job of 15 years that I thought I'd retire from. Man. I might. I'm sorry. I must thank, thank when did you. The, when did uh, that happen? Uh, last Thursday. So I'm still in shock uh, oh, quite a bit about it. Bro. Kind of process. Yeah, let me let me tell you so, something really quick. Okay? I don't mm-hmm. I don't want to linger here, but I do want to talk to your heart. I I looked at research years ago. And I'm going to paraphrase uh, the research. But losing a job, being laid off, fired, I don't care what you call it, has the same emotional trauma level as losing a loved one. Shockingly. I, I, Cause it's like, of course losing the job doesn't even compare in the grand scheme of things to losing a loved one, but the emotional trauma and the effect is the same. And so yeah, I want I mean, you to, I want you to realize that and understand that you got to heal and you got to take care of yourself because it's a big deal, man. You got whacked. Yeah. Big time. I'm really trying to work through the morning steps, uh, because it great. does definitely feel like I lost something Perfect. of great you did. value in my life. You did. And now I find myself 45 years old with very little qualifications on paper for a, a, a real career, and I'm afraid that fear and necessity is going to push me into another no-growth job. Yeah. Okay, so let's and, get let's get some facts. How much money were you making? Uh, about 70000 a year. All right. And are you single income, double income? What's going on? Uh, double income. Uh, my wife uh, uh, works full time. What does currently. she? What does she make? Um, she makes uh, twenty bucks an hour. So, you know, uh, it was about forty thousand. Yeah, year. yeah. Let's call it forty. Okay. So, uh, do you have a severance package? I do not. Okay. So you're you're how long? This was what fifteen days ago. So this is your you're coming up on your first pay period with no no check. Correct. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, I was smart enough to squirrel away a bit of an emergency fund. I got I got about ten thousand in an emergency fund. Yeah, but, I have. but brother, I do not want you to touch that emergency fund. Okay. Because this is not an emergency. This is a tragedy. It's a tragedy in every sense of the word, and we talked about that. But I will tell you, it's mm-hmm. not an emergency. And 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 that ten thousand, you're going to burn through that really fast. And you might need it for an emergency. And, and and so what I want you to do is let's take the as much pressure off as possible. That means if you've got to work a part-time job or a full-time job that is just a, I mean, I'm talking just, it has no long-term strategy, but if you can make 20 bucks an hour, I'm just throwing this at you, 20 bucks an mm-hmm. hour uh, at, at Walmart, you know, who cares? Because yeah. of two reasons. One, I don't want you to touch the emergency fund, and I want you to stay busy while you're healing and while you are strategizing, because we got to heal first. The healing needs to be number one, and if you're just working a job or two jobs right now, and you're just staying busy, but you're going, well, gum, at least I'm bringing home a paycheck, and I'm not touching my emergency fund, and, and Ken's guiding me here, I'm using his resources, and we got a plan. Because if you do that, it's going to give you a chance to heal. And then once you have healed, you will have greater perspective. So I'm I'm oh, begging you, I'm begging you not to touch the emergency fund. 
I'm begging you to just go get a job or two jobs and stay busy because you aren't going to sit around and lick your wounds. Correct. And yeah, you're bringing I, in money. Okay. Now, correct. Let's talk about what you want to do. And I, I, I my guess is you have some ideas, but I think you're worried that you're not qualified for it. Uh, correct. Yeah. What's I, the I don't idea? have any specific ideas pegged down right now. I know I want to work in a non-toxic encouraging environment. Right. All right. Let's do this. Something that... Let's, let's spur some ideas. Okay. We're going to go fast. All right. There's four okay. types of work. There's people work. Okay. People focused work. There is idea focused work. There is process focused work and there is thing focused work. And what I mean by things is uh, you know, you are building something, fixing something, inventing something. Do you understand what I'm saying? Correct, yeah. All right. So in those four areas of work, where would you say most of your talents lie? People work, idea work, process work, things work? Uh, people and ideas. People and ideas. Fantastic. Welcome to my club. Uh, <laughs> that's the type of work I do. People and ideas. Okay. Uh, and, 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 uh, you enjoy that work, I'm guessing, as well, because you're good at it. I'm guessing you also enjoy working with people and ideas. Uh, I, I love having positive interactions with people and leaving their day a little bit better. Great. You know, it helps me. What were you doing previously? Was it? Would you call it that, people-focused work? Um, in a way. Um, before I had this job, I was a waiter, and I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, and but what was the last was more job? In food distribution and uh, the uh, ability to develop relationships with people were very limited. Uh, it was very superficial relationships you would develop with people because the it's, amount of time you get to spend with them is yeah, limited. Yeah, because you're just kind of a cog in the wheel and you were you know, a checklist. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but but we know that you love people and you're good with people, yes? Yeah, and, and my, my biggest challenge currently is trying to be able to communicate that to a prospective employer. I, I don't have any degrees whatsoever. Who cares? I just have a list of skills who cares? and a bunch of work what experience. You, who, what's your, what would you say your top three or four skills are? Um, talking, um, Great. conceptualizing ideas, and organizing. Interesting. So I'm going to call that communicating, ideating, and organizing. Okay. So what kind of jobs out there that are people-focused, would allow you to spend most of your day using those top three skills. What type of jobs? Um, I'd like to advise people on, on you know, uh, I would love to be a financial advisor, but I have no qualifications for that. I am um, so tired of hearing you tell me about your lack of qualifications when I'm not <laughs> asking you about that. What I'm asking okay. you is... What kind Sorry. of work? No, no, dude. I'm having fun with you. I'm not really upset. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to snap you out of this. My point is, you. we can go get qualified once we're clear, right, Peter? Okay, that's that makes sense. My book from paycheck to purpose is your new gift, and I'm also going to give you my get clear assessment. Okay, you have to take the assessment. Okay, it's 20 minutes, and it's going to give you a deep dive report on what you do best, what you love to do, and what motivates you. I'm trying to do a version of it now, but I'm going to give you that in the book gives you seven stages to get there once you know what there is. Stage two is get qualified. Well, I'm not worried about getting qualified until I know what I'm wanting to do. So okay. where I'm trying to take you is to the ideation stage. There are three questions that you need to answer. I'm not going to make you do it on the air, but there are three questions you need to answer. Who are the people I want to help? What problem or desire do they have? 
And what solution to that problem or desire do I most get fired up about? Now, you just gave me one idea, helping people with their investing and retirement strategies, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what would you need to get qualified in the state of Oregon to do that? Go oh, find I out. I have no idea. Yeah, but yeah, that's the problem. So you're intimidated yeah. as crap, but you're also ignorant. And ignorant doesn't mean you're dumb. Ignorant means you don't know. Correct. Find out before the day is over, before you get in bed tonight, you better hear my voice. You better hear me saying, Peter, you better find out what the qualification, what is the the licensing qualification process to be a financial advisor in the state of Oregon? I got news for you. It's not as tough as you think it is. Okay. But find out. How long will it take? What will it cost? Is that something I really want to do, though? In digging into this, we go, okay, what's it going to take? And now do I really want to do this? So I want you to use the proximity principle. It says in order to do what Peter wants to do, he's got to be around people that are doing it and in places where it's happening. We don't know what you want to do yet. I think we got some ideas. You want to serve and advise people. I think you want to advise people. And I think you want to. I need to to help people for sure. No question. So you need to answer the question, who are the people I want to help? Problem I want to solve. Solution to that problem. Okay? Okay. And and you need to start hanging out with people who do that. Financial advisors. Uh, But here's the deal. Go ahead. I got 30 seconds. Um, it's not bad for me to take uh, like a part-time waiting table no, job or no, do a side hustle no. while I'm trying to figure this all out. No, it's what I told you to do at the beginning. Okay. Dude, you're good at waiting tables. Go get three or four waiting jobs. Make a truckload of money. Relax. Heal. Okay. Dream. Strategize. Hang on the line. I got the Get Clear assessment and From Paycheck to Purpose all to walk you through Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.